you know, I, I like to tell people, you know, get on board and buckle up because my ride's going to be a big one. And if you get motion sickness, you know, put your head between your knees because Leslie Nope's stopping for no one. Hey, cassettes, and welcome back to the Black Case Diaries. Hey. Yay. We're three old friends learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Robin. I'm Marcy. And I'm Adam. I didn't even point to anyone yes. that time. Yes. Because we know Marcy's in the middle. We learned yes. that during the Teen Wolf episode. Hardcore. Exactly. Yes. You know, makes it easy. Except when Marcy's leading the episode. <laughs> right. Then what, it's a free fall. <laughs> what if she was still in the middle, even though she was leading? <laughs> yeah. That feels so weird. That's true. We'll, we'll have to. We'll have to try that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, guys! It's the end of March. Yes. This wow. episode will release on March thirty first, which is a Wednesday. Yay. Normally, we release yes. on Thursdays. As we celebrated Women's History this month, we decided it was time to talk about one of the strongest female characters to ever grace TV sets. Leslie Nope. Woo! Oh. Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. That's right, Cassettes. This week, we're taking a trip to Pawnee, the greatest city in Indiana, probably the greatest city in America, and possibly the greatest city in the world. Wow. Take that, Yay. Paris, France. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this. I would like to try a Paunchburger at least once. <laughs> Oh, God. It sounds terrible, but probably oh, tastes great. Yeah. What do they say? Put it in your face hole? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Oh. Eat healthy food? Forget about it. <laughs> in 2009, Parks and Recreation aired on NBC. It was a mockumentary-style show, similar to the intensely popular sitcom The Office. It followed the Parks Department in the city of Pawnee over the course of seven seasons. Audiences fell in love with the remarkable ensemble cast, led by SNL veteran Amy Poehler and featuring breakout stars like Chris Pratt, Aubrey Plaza, and Aziz Ansari. It's so strange to think about them back then. Like, <laughs> yeah. who the hell? Just <laughs> some random people. And now, like, Chris Pratt, Aziz Ansari, oh Aubrey Plaza. Of course, they're like... Yeah. Th- Super well known. I remember reading a book about the greatest episodes in TV history. Mm-hmm. And of course, there was an episode of Parks and Rec on the list. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. And the the critic said, not even many years from now, just a couple years from now, people are going to look at this show and be blown away by the fact that this much talent was on <laughs> one TV show. Yeah. yeah. There are this many stars in one yeah. cast. is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. This week, we're driving into the history of this wonderfully heartwarming and hilarious show that birthed countless internet memes and made its mark as one of the greatest American television shows of all time. So it's time to raise a glass of snake juice and get on your feet. Parks and Rec is on. <laughs> I have this horrible curiosity of what the hell does snake juice taste like, but oh, I know yeah. I'm not going to want it because well, it's so much alcohol. I feel like it doesn't taste like alcohol at all. <laughs> that must yeah. be the thing. And that's yeah. it's like kind of like a, like a Long Island iced tea yeah. where it's mm-hmm. just alcohol, yeah. but yeah. it doesn't. I know they mentioned that there's Kahlua in it. Yeah. And that tastes like Kahlua. So I feel like. Yeah. Because even Ron drinks it. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, Which, yeah. yeah. Even Ron it's enjoys like... the drink. Yeah. <laughs> Damn if it isn't, if it doesn't taste good. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to say, well, I want to dedicate this episode to my friend Sarah. Oh. Because oh, Sarah. when I was in college, I watched this with Sarah. She's like a conglomerate of Anne and Leslie. 
Mm-hmm. She's beautiful like Anne. Oh. And she's yes. organized and <laughs> really good at stuff like Leslie. So, And I know this is her favorite show. Well, here you go, Sarah. Yeah, here you go. Also, You're <laughs> Also, we're finally doing Parks and Rec. After hearing, I've heard so many times now. Yeah. Apparently, I have what people call, quote unquote, Leslie Nope energy, which is what- <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, this is yeah. something that people say about me. Jacob, actually, my husband said this about me when he met me. Ah. Um, when I was oh. in college, he said, something about you. You're kind of like Leslie Nope. <laughs> From Parks and Recreation. <laughs> so you wrap you know on a dime and... Oh, yeah. I said, oh, well, I actually do sing a lot. Yes, That's you true. do. I make up songs about a lot of things. Fun stuff. Yeah, I can rap some stuff, but let's not. <laughs> let's not do that right now. What <laughs> anyway. a letdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, it's a pretty good compliment. Yeah, right yes, there. it I is. I mean, especially if you've seen the show already you yeah. Mean, yeah. and you know what that means. Yeah. And also, our listeners have said it. I've had a couple comments from people saying that I sound oh. like her. I guess, you know, it's kind of true. I watch the show. I do see lots of things that I would do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. So Parks and Rec is a government satire mockumentary style show. The idea of satire is not new, as it dates back to the Roman Empire. It's a powerful tool that can point some of the most mundane or troubling occurrences as something completely ridiculous. Satire can change minds, lift moods, and of course, be entertaining as hell. (laughs) (laughs) The idea of presenting fiction as reality for entertainment purposes, i.e. the mockumentary, is a far more recent occurrence. Some would consider Orson Welles' War of the Worlds broadcast as one of the first mockumentaries, although it incited panic instead of laughs. Oh, interesting. (laughs) I guess that's true. In a way. Yeah, he was acting like it's the truth. Still, the concept of false news articles was on the rise. By the 1960s, the rock documentary A Hard Day's Night broke ground as it ventures into mockumentary territory with its coverage of Beatles hysteria. Yeah, this is definitely a mockumentary. (laughs) And it's very funny. This, the, you know, basically just exaggerating how much Mm -hmm. the Beatles were loved. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even though some of it I don't think was really an exaggeration. Say, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I remember I had a professor that told me they knew someone that bought dirt that the Beatles walked on. Like, wow. wow. Yeah, like, that's I mean, insane. Yeah. <laughs> this film led to the king of all mock docs, Rob Reiner and Christopher Guest's This Is Spinal Tap in 1984. The genre has evolved since then. However, this film is one of the most famous and will likely never be topped. This movie is so dry and yeah. so Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Yeah. It's just And so many people thought it was real. It feels it feels real yeah. because the, they they take it so seriously. <laughs> In 2001, the UK sitcom The Office revolutionized the format and showed how it could work for TV. Of course, show creators Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant signed off on an American version with Greg Daniels. The American office took off, gaining an intense fan following and lasting nine seasons. The characters addressed the camera directly with interesting asides and funny glances. The format was based on the idea that there was an in-universe film crew creating a documentary about the employees of a Pennsylvania paper company. One of my favorite things about 
Parks and Rec and The Office mm-hmm. is that the place that they're filming the documentary is the most like <laughs> underwhelming, <laughs> uninteresting place that yeah. you could imagine. A paper mm-hmm. company or a local tiny town parks department, <laughs> right? Yeah. But somehow they take that and just make it right. better than mm-hmm. you could imagine. After a few incredibly successful seasons, NBC asked Greg Daniels to create another show and gave him the creative freedom to do whatever he wanted. Nice, man. That <laughs> when when that happens, you're like, yeah, I am that good. Yeah. <laughs> the whole the whole studio is giving me completely free reign. You're mm-hmm. like, yes, dude. So let's talk about how this show got started. When NBC asked Greg Daniels to produce another show, he turned to Michael Shore for help. Shore was a co-executive producer on The Office with Daniels and had worked as a producer on SNL. Nice. Together, the two men created a pitch for a show that followed a dedicated person in local government, working with a group of apathetic people. One of their first ideas was to play in the format of The Office, creating a fictionalized version of a work setting. While The Office took place in the private sector, this show would follow characters in the public sector. They imagined the show as a comedy version of The West Wing. Instead of the high stakes of a federal government drama, this comedy would follow the low stakes and bureaucratic nonsense of local government. Love it. It's such a good idea. <laughs> yeah. It's such oh, a yeah. good idea. <laughs> because it's, it's so much more, I don't know, relatable yes. at that level. Yeah. yeah. And it's just funny if you do watch The West Wing. And it's True. kind of like, you know, how intense everything is. And mm-hmm. it's just like, what if we just really scaled this down? <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be intense. It'd be funny. Like, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They created a character named Leslie Nope, a strong, intelligent woman who was passionate about local government, but with no political know-how. At first, the audience didn't receive the character the way the creators intended. Craig Daniels told The Guardian in 2019, We didn't do a great job at first. Instead of coming off as a smart, driven person with no political acumen, Leslie came off as a buffoon. We were blowing it because we were writing her as a stuffy politician and not a three-dimensional human being. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When the show first aired in 2009, I watched it, and I didn't like it, and I didn't Mm -hmm. continue watching it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that was because Leslie isn't... They were kind of doing this thing like they're talking about, where... She didn't seem like she was capable. She just seemed kind of like this ridiculous woman that Who just wanted yeah. to help. Wanted, but yeah. According to Greg Daniels, people had described her as a bimbo. He said that word was actually used, which was so horrifying because we pitched the show to NBC as like this show about a strong-willed, capable feminist sort of forward-thinking woman and her best friend who she makes in the pilot. And to hear the word bimbo applied to that character, it was awful. It was truly awful. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. If you were trying so hard to go in one direction and people describe it as the complete opposite, you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, what are we doing? Yeah. It's, I I definitely would never have used the word bimbo, Mm -mm. and I think that's really strange somebody else Mm -hmm. did. What it kind of is, is if there's the silliness without the actual accomplishments, I guess, to back it up, you know. Where she's she's being silly, but at the end of the day, she still gets things done. Then you then this word doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. But if it's just silly for the sake of silliness, it's not as hard to yeah. see why somebody might use that word. 
I mean, I don't know if I would either. But The creators made adjustments, altering the way other characters reacted to Leslie. Instead of rolling their eyes, everyone would agree that she was the best at what she did. Characters would keep their own agendas to create some conflicts, but they would all ultimately listen to Leslie in the end. The changes made an incredible difference. Leslie went from an awkward yet well-meaning buffoon to a capable and strong female leader. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, you can have that silliness because she's obviously a total goofball. Yeah, and she of makes course. hilarious jokes, and and you can absolutely keep that. But at the end of the day, when she actually gets things done, you're like, she's still that good. Yeah. Both creators knew that their main character needed to embody the essence of the show, and they needed a comedian with the chops to carry the role. Mike Schur had worked with Amy Poehler on SNL, and she seemed like a great choice for the lead. NBC was on board, and they wanted to premiere the show after the Super Bowl. But Poehler was nine months pregnant and due to give birth when they would have had to film the pilot. They were so certain that Poehler was the only person that could nail the role, so they passed on one of the best time slots in TV to wait until after she gave birth. Wow. I think as as tough as that decision had to have been, yeah. like the Super Bowl audience, yeah. really, looking back, you're like, well, they did, they made the right choice anyway. The creators adopted the belief early on that relationships and characters are more important than premise. Michael Schur said, if you design a show around the idea, what happens often, I think, is it makes for an amazing pilot. Because the pilot is a movie that has an incredible high premise and you get a great cliffhanger and whatever, and then the premise burns off and you're left with not a lot of stuff because you haven't made room for small, intimate character dynamics that are the things that are slow-burning logs that keep the flame going for a long time. Oh, yeah. What you'll notice about the show is that it starts with this conflict of Leslie trying to build a park yeah, where mm-hmm. there's this pit in town and that concept fades away. Yeah. Yeah. It comes back up periodically. Oh, we filled in the pit. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. now we're fighting for ownership of the of the lot. Yeah. And who who's mm-hmm. gonna get it and mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. So the plot of it continues throughout the show and they mm-hmm. finally get their park, I think, in season six. Yeah. And the, they finally <laughs> break par- break break ground on the park. Yeah, when I was thinking back on the show, I honestly couldn't even remember when they filled in the pit or when they got the park. It, yeah. It didn't matter as much to me about that as much as the relationships and what I remembered about all the interactions that happened between the characters. Yeah. That's what made it memorable and why I still go back to it. Yeah. Really, you're just watching people live their lives. Mm-hmm. Right. It's At the end of the day, it's not important what their department gets done. It's... We care about the department and who's in it. They wanted viewers to have an emotional connection to Parks and Rec. Shore and other writers weren't afraid to have moments where the show wasn't funny and to show moments where characters acted to real-world emotion. Yeah. I love that part of this show. Mm -hmm. To me, I love that they were like, we don't need to be, you know, slapping our knees the entire episode. Yeah. (laughs) We can have really heartfelt moments. Yeah. They're funny, they're funny, they're funny, and then there's this really nice emotional moment that sits really well. Yeah. And they do it so, it's not like Full House, you know? Mm-hmm. Uncle Joey's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, da-da-da-da, you see, DJ. You know, like, it's yeah. not like that. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, it's very, it flows really well, and it's not choppy and weird or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. super sentimental. And there are even times where right after the heartfelt, serious bit, 
they'll like cut away to where they're kind of doing an interview with the camera like Mm -hmm. they do and they'll say something that is kind of funny about the situation to try to like keep themselves from crying or whatever and it's uh, and it is a funny joke what they said but it doesn't take away from the heartfelt moment that just happened right okay now if you are like me and haven't seen much of the show i'll give you a little run down okay (laughs) Because you should watch it. These two have told me many, many a time oh, yeah. to watch the entire show. Yeah. Meet Leslie Nope. She's the deputy director of the Parks and Recreation Department of Pawnee, Indiana. Ms. Nope may seem like just another civil servant held back by red tape, but under her bubbly exterior, there is a fierce woman capable of anything. Leslie faces many challenges, some brought on her by her libertarian boss, Ron Swanson, and the other apathetic or incompetent members of her department. Ultimately, her passion for government and the people of Pawnee inspires everyone around her. Aww. How many episodes where they're just like, you're the best, Leslie. We love you. (laughs) Things that you guys should say to me more often, obviously, (laughs) since I'm just like her. Nope. (laughs) What was that? What? Uh, How could you? Yeah, seriously. Thanks, Adam. He's going to be in the middle from now on. Oh, that's sweet. No! <laughs> so now we're going to talk a little bit about some of the production stuff. Yeah. Some of the behind-the-scenes yeah. junk that you like, right? It's always mm-hmm. fun. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Parks and Rec had a long list of writers, including Greg Daniels, Michael Schur, Harris Whittles, mm-hmm. Kate Dippold, and Amy Poehler. During the 100th episode feature, Amy Poehler revealed that they had written... Woof, 3,300 pages of script by 31 writers. Yeah. And that was just by the 100th episode. I think there were 125. Oh, goodness. Mm. That's craziness. (laughs) The show was shot by a crew of about 22 people each episode. The show had almost 40 different directors throughout its run, with producer Dean Holland directing the most episodes, according to IMDb. Yeah, like 27 episodes or something like that. Nice. The crew would run through each scene at least twice. In the first run-through, actors would stick to the script. Then they shot a fun run, where the actors were encouraged to have fun with the scene and improvise lines. Because of this, hilarious improvisations are speckled all throughout the show. (laughs) Like when Rob Lowe stared intensely into the mirror and said, Stop pooping. (laughs) During the flu season episode. (laughs) So perfect. Yeah. I couldn't believe that that was improv. <laughs> like, that had to have been a written joke, right? Nope. Yeah, I can't even imagine how many takes there were. Yeah. And how many times people broke. Yeah. And... Yeah. Because you can see it sometimes in the show, people trying really hard not to break. Yeah, yeah. And there are lots of bloopers. Like, if you oh, look yeah. them up on YouTube and stuff, yeah. there's a ton. And they're very funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Uh, there was another line that. I think Michael Shore said was one of his favorite improvised lines was when Chris Pratt was looking up Leslie's symptoms. I figured out what you you might have. It says you might have connectivity problems. Yeah, network connectivity (laughs) problems. Yeah. (laughs) Amy Poehler said of production, I love the way we shoot. We do seven, eight pages a day. There are a lot of quick setups. We do a lot of takes and get to improvise a lot. Her situation suggests things that we can try on the fly. Certainly, the form lends itself to that. Yeah. Yep. 
I can't even imagine how much she improvised, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Each episode was about 23 minutes long. For some of their episodes, producers created an extended cut. When the show streamed on Netflix, the producer's cuts were available to viewers. Michael Schur believed that the time constraints brought a better final result because the episodes were not bloated and had good pacing. One thing that really helped with that was having to work around commercials. This forced the writers to break the show into acts, allowing characters to have their own adventures and come together during a universal event. He believed network TV saved him from his worst instincts <laughs> and helped everyone tell a better story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when, when you don't have those constraints, you can and imagine keeping everything. Yeah. Because you want to. It's all funny. Just throw yes. it in there. We want to make the funny show possible, oh, right? Oh, I mean, it's so hard to edit. Mm. I know that it's just the choices you have to make and everything. It's it's great because it, it holds you accountable and you can't really vary from the format. Mm -hmm. So over the course of filming, Parks and Rec used hundreds of sets. The exterior shot of Pawnee's City Hall is actually Pasadena, California's City Hall. Throughout the series, only tight shots of that building were used, since Pawnee is meant to be a small town. But in the finale episode, the building was shown in all its magnificence. The interior of the building was located on a soundstage, including the outside courtyard shots. Wow. Which is amazing. That's they incredible. They looked like they were yep. outside. Yeah. 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 That, I would have bought that hook, line, and sinker that <laughs> yeah. it was a real building that they just dressed up. Yeah. Wow. The crew would make it appear as if it were raining outside the offices along the courtyard and would bring in pigeons to make it appear as if they were outside. Yeah. Nice ah, touch. Trickery. Yeah. I learned this watching the commentary for the, the pilot episode. Ah. So they had like the offices all had windows and they mm -hmm. could see into each other's offices. Yeah. That courtyard was all just a set and they just... They had the ability to make it rain outside the courtyard, which really solidified the feeling that it was outside. That it was, yeah. yeah. Simple yeah. touch. Many of the other buildings used were also located within California. As of the 100th episode, the show had been filmed in eight different cities across two continents. Wow. The infamous pit that is featured heavily in the first seasons had to be created by the production crew. It was located on the southeast corner of Hazeltine Avenue and Collins Street in Van Nuys, California. It did stay an empty lot for a long time, but finally in 2015, construction began, and it now is fully developed and no longer recognizable as Parks and Rec. Aww. Sadly, though, it's not a park. Yeah. Oh, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a nice touch. Yeah. Right? It was. Yeah. When they were getting ready to film, the showrunners visited the people that lived along the lot and asked them what they wanted it to be. They were all very accommodating people, especially the people that owned Anza House, which was used frequently in the first few seasons. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. Convenient. And they, uh, I think they said one person wanted a park. Most wow. people did not want to park there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they walked along and they asked everybody, what would you want in that lot over there? You know, some, none of them said, we want a gigantic pit. So they were like, well, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're getting for a little while. For a little while. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
So the show obviously starred Amy Poehler as Leslie Knope. Of course. (laughs) Amy Poehler is a comedy legend and founding member of the Upright Citizens Brigade. Hey, I didn't know that. That's pretty neat. Yeah. One of the most well-known improv comedy troops in America. This is one of the troops that they SNL often pulls from. Yeah. Yeah. She has acted in films like Moxie, Baby Mama, and Inside Out, and so many, so many more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moxie's her latest movie, and she directed that as well. Yeah. Nice. Polar wrote five episodes of Parks and Rec and directed three over the course of the whole show. Nice. Her favorite scene from the show was in the pilot episode, as Leslie stares out the window at the rain, thinking about the park project that starts the series. She thought, this, this idea, this park project, is going to be just like the show. It's going to be long and arduous, but well (laughs) worth it in the end. (laughs) When asked in 2009 what she liked most about the character, she said, there's nothing cool about her. It's fun to play someone who's well-intentioned, but doesn't know the game. I enjoy competent and misguided characters. She's an open-faced sandwich. And because of that, she doesn't have anything savvy about her. It really is interesting, this character, and how. She just wants things to get done. And I yeah. mean, they do get done. But mm-hmm. <laughs> in in the world of government, you have to jump through so many hoops, especially when your boss doesn't want anything to happen, right? <laughs> yes. So she's like, just like, you know, let's do it. Just do it, right? Yeah, just but, make it happen. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's funny to see that because that's what we would think. If we were like, whenever people think about like, oh, if I were president, I'd do all these things. And it's like, okay (laughs) but you're gonna have to jump through all the hoops and it's gonna take a long long time Mm -hmm. yeah yeah while her best friend was rashida jones as ann perkins some things that she has been in has been angie tribeca the office celeste and jesse forever the social network and i love you man amy poehler loved the idea of a strong female friendship at the forefront of the show that friendship was easy to act with Rashida Jones, as the two of them had already been friends for years. Oh, Yay. perfect. Yeah. In an interview, Amy and Rashida had this exchange. Amy Poehler said, do you hate being asked what it's like being a woman in comedy? Rashida said, yes. Amy says, is there an answer you wish you could say that you've never been able to? Rashida said, ask me something else that's not stupid. Got <laughs> <laughs> him. I love these women in interviews. They're always so straightforward and funny. And yeah. They're, they're very honest. There's this episode, I think it's in one of the first couple seasons. Tom accidentally shoots Ron. Oh, oh yeah. Because they go hunting, right? And uh, the police come and Leslie is covering for Tom, pretending to be the person that shot Ron. Basically, she tries. She plays like the woman card, and it's yeah. the funniest thing. <laughs> she sits at the. They just like keep showing these little bits of interviews where she goes, "I just really want chocolate." It's like, oh my god, you know, where she's just like, "All I want is yeah. to have babies." Like, this whole thing. She's just trying really hard. <laughs> and that's what these interviews always remind me of. You know, like, oh yes, yes, I am a woman. Let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> So Nick Offerman played Ron Swanson. Uh, Nick Offerman is also in The Founder, Fargo, and Nick Offerman, American Ham, which is a live taping of one of, of, one of his stand-ups. 
which Marcy yeah. and I actually saw live. Yeah, we did. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, we did see that live, and he is funny. <laughs> Nick Offerman auditioned for The Office. Even though he was not cast, Mike Schur kept his name and called him for Parks and Rec. Originally, he was thought of as a love interest role for Rashida Jones's Ann Perkins. They felt the role of Leslie's boss made more sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. While they were doing research for the show, Daniels and Schur actually came across a woman who was in government and a libertarian. This was an inspiration for Ron. Oh, that's perfect. Cool. I, it's, it's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> they said they said they asked they actually ended up asking her first. Do you think it's possible for somebody to be high up in government and not believe in government? And she said, I actually don't believe in government. I'm a libertarian. I know it doesn't make sense, but that's my life. <laughs> and they were like, okay. Here we go. <laughs> the okay. exact answer we were looking for. <laughs> yeah. It's possible. Great. <laughs> Mike Schur said that some of his favorite scenes to write were the ones between Ron and Leslie because they work so well together. Leslie always reminds Ron that these people are his friends, and Ron helps to keep Leslie grounded. Yeah. I love it. I love their... They're such fundamentally different characters. Yeah. They believe in different things. They don't agree on stuff. Leslie Mm -hmm. loves government. Ron thinks it's it's a complete waste (laughs) of time. And, uh, you know, they're best friends. I mean, you know, they really care about each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, despite their complete disagreements all the time, they Mm -hmm. still are able to respect each other and then... Yeah. In the end, do what needs to be done. And Ron is probably the most popular character from this show. Yeah. I think every single... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think every single... He gets quoted a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is when he and April go with Chris Traeger to like this health food store, and there's this guy that's... Sampling, yeah, that's sampling these. It's supposed to be bacon, but it's not bacon. It's like kale bacon or something. Yeah, something like that. Would you like to sample our vegan bacon? 100% meatless. Yes, please. And then he just throws it right in the trash. And then (laughs) then he's like, now have another. And so then the guy, like, hesitantly, you know, and he picks it up and throws it in the trash. (laughs) Sir, is there a problem? I'm just making sure no one ever has to eat this. Aubrey Plaza played April Ludgate. She was also in Safety Not Guaranteed, Dirty Grandpa, and Ingrid Goes West. The character of April Ludgate was actually written for Aubrey because the casting director thought she was the weirdest person. (laughs) So she sent her in to an interview with Michael Shore, where he said she made him feel incredibly uncomfortable and old. Mostly because she didn't talk. Oh, no. Or didn't talk very much. After the meeting, he immediately wrote a scene where Leslie is hiring a young intern, and the intern makes her feel that exact same way. Oh, my gosh. Plaza is friends with Amy Poehler and once greeted her at the airport dressed as an alien to cheer her up during her divorce. Oh, my gosh. That was cute. Yeah. During the 100th episode feature, she insisted on being interviewed in a tree and refused to answer the questions. As you can see, many of these actors fit their characters super well. Why? It's so funny. The, each, each actor has this nice little talking head and they're like, this is what I, my favorite moment from the show. Mm-hmm. This is what I... And it just cuts to her. And she's in a tree, and they just had this like font come on the screen that says, 
Aubrey insisted on being interviewed in a tree. And she's just like doing bird calls. And <laughs> she refused to answer our questions. And then like it cuts to other people talking and it comes back and goes, seriously, we said we asked her to come down from the tree. She said no. And she's like still doing the bird calls. Oh my God. And they were like, we asked her again what her favorite episode was. She refused to tell us. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and I was like, this is wow. Yep. Yeah. So Chris Pratt played Andy Dwyer. He is, of course, Star-Lord in the Marvel Universe, Owen in Jurassic World, and Emmett in the Lego movie. Yay. Yeah. Yay. He's <laughs> a huge action movie star. Yes. Yeah. Andy was not intended to be a regular character for the show. Showrunners planned for his arc to end after season one, but they liked Pratt so much in the role that they brought him back. Oh, interesting. Yeah, if you'll notice, in the first episodes of the show, he is not included in the mm-hmm. opening credits, and it says guest starring Chris Pratt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. His favorite Parks moment was when April and Andy drove to the Grand Canyon. He had not seen the Grand Canyon before, so his reaction was genuine. He felt it was just a very nice moment for April and Andy. Oh, cute. It really yeah. is a nice moment when they go to the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. In the season two episode, Kaboom, Chris Pratt showed up to Anne's house naked. He was supposed to wear nude underwear for the scene, but he took them off to get a better reaction from Amy Poehler. Oh, boy. <laughs> he got an official reprimand for the stunt, which he reportedly framed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. It's so funny because the take that's in the show is the one where he's naked. Yeah, they were. They, yeah, yeah they, they used the one where he showed up because Amy is just so. Uh, <laughs> the reaction is so Andy. much more real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just very like. But props to her for keep for continuing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, she kept going. I, I, I'm really impressed. Yeah. She did. And um, actually, there was this behind-the-scenes feature I was watching from the first season, I think. Okay. Where Chris Pratt is pretending he's showing everybody the behind-the-scenes of the show, and he pretends to get a text message from Steven Spielberg and says that he's asking him to be in Jurassic Park 4. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. And this would have been years before, before yeah. Jurassic World, and I just think that's Incredible! <laughs> maybe, that actually happened. Maybe Steven Spielberg is a big fan of the show and has watched all the behind. He the was scenes. watching the behind the scenes. <laughs> like, uh, you know stuff. what? He would work. I'm gonna call him right now. <laughs> Aziz Ansari was Tom Haverford. He is in Master of None, Epic, Thirty Minutes or Less, and he's actually Daryl in Bob's Burgers. He's a talented stand-up comedian, and he imp- improvised a lot of lines as Tom Haverford. Tom was a breakout character on the show, and it was heavily influenced by Aziz. Yeah, Tom is insane. He is ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I love him. He's so, oh my God. I love it when he does this. <laughs> he talks about his nicknames for food. Yeah. I call cakes big old cookies. I call noodles long ass rice. Fried chicken is fry fry chicky chick. Chicken parm is chicky chicky parm parm. Chicken cacciatore, chicky catch. Also, there was the there was something I learned from one of the commentaries is that in one of the, in the first episode of the show, he lies about knowing the mayor and knowing Larry Bird and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And on Leslie's desk, 
there is a photo, an autographed photo of Larry Bird. Ah. Oh. And her name is misspelled on the <gasps> photograph. And the in joke was that Tom forged and oh. said that that was an autograph from Larry Bird. <laughs> And to further drive home how much he did not respect Leslie. Oh my gosh. He misspelled her name. Her name. Just wow. to mess with her. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So like there are really like deep in jokes. Yeah. In this show. Oh I, I always thought it was really funny. There was a point where he said, like, they were talking about how he can't do these things as a government employee. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, he can't use government money for his own gain or things like that. And he's like, oh, I. You know, I only joined government for the connections. <laughs> like the like the one thing he joined government to do is completely not allowed. Not <laughs> it. Aziz said that his favorite thing about the show was news anchor Purd Happily. <laughs> <laughs> this just in. The thing about me is I'm Purd Happily. <laughs> Jim O'Hare played Jerry Gergich. He's also in Smothered by Mothers, Bad Times at the El Royale and Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Oh my, that's a good movie title. <laughs> O'Hare actually auditioned for Ron Swanson, but the creators loved him so much, they made sure to find the right character for him to play. It's a long-running gag in the show that Jerry Gary Larry is hated by the department. This is especially funny to the showrunners because Jim O'Hare is universally loved. Yes. I have a hard time with it. <laughs> I know it's a joke, and I know... I know it's just a show, and I yeah. know that he like even the character has like a really good life. He and does, he's, like, yeah. Happy all the time, yeah, and it's fine. But there are times where I'm just like, stop being so mean to him. He's trying his best. He's a genuinely nice guy. Cut it out. But yeah. it continues they, forever. Exactly. They even do it in some of the behind the scenes. They have. Oh, really? There's one where he's giving a tour of the set. And he he goes in and they're basically like, get out of here. Like, get out of here. Like, what are you doing in here? And he's like, love oh. you too, guys. Bye. Oh. Like, they love me. They, you know, they're just doing their job. Yeah. yeah. They, and they really do love him. I, I yeah. thought it was very funny during the episode where Leslie was on trial. Mm -hmm. They brought him in and he had to legally tell him his real, real name, name. Yep. Gary. And like, what? No. And then he shows him his ID. He's like, no, it's... It's Gary. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? And then, you know, Leslie goes to give, like, say what she was going to say about him. He's like, I, I can't get over it. Next witness. Yeah, you're just going to have to leave. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't. <laughs> Retta was Donna Meagle. She's been in Fracture, Good Boys, To the Bone, and her voice is in the new DuckTales as Magic Harp. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Retta is a talented comedian and trained opera singer. She sings in the episode, Leslie and Ben, as they get married in the office. Yeah, so I was like, dang. so cute. Yeah. It's, when <laughs> yeah. she first appeared, so like, wow, she's really good. And then yeah. you said, oh, she's an actual opera singer. I was like, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> of course <laughs> she is. Her favorite Parks moment was from season two when Chris Pratt fights a possum. <laughs> She said that she <laughs> saved it on her DVR for two years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Donna is such a great character. If you watch the pilot, she's got, mm. like, a perm and glasses. Yeah, she looks mm -hmm. so different. Yeah. She, doesn't, she doesn't say anything, yeah. I don't think, They don't have episode. any, like, they haven't fleshed her out yet. Mm -hmm. And she becomes this super badass character. Yes. People are 
fucking terrified of yes. her. She, she does yeah. two shots at once. They're double shots, I think. Which was her. Like she Damn. they there is this there's an episode where she does two shots at the same time as, you know, as part of a joke. Yeah. The the written take was for her to do one shot, do the one at a time. Yeah, and finally, after several takes of her doing that shot, she yeah. just did both at the same both. time. Oh wow! And they just—that's the shot. That's the <laughs> the take they kept. Yeah, and that's great. Yeah, she is a funny comedian. Yeah, and she really like—I mean, I love that they develop her mm-hmm. more and more throughout the show. She's got this great relationship with Tom. Yeah. There are episodes where she kind of has these conflicts with Leslie and April, and you kind of start to see that, like, she may not get the recognition or the attention that the character really deserves yeah. in the show. And so I I really like Donna. She's, I, I love her treat yourself stuff. Yes. Yeah. She's got really good comedic timing. <laughs> I thought it was very funny. What they... Her and Anne were both working in the like medical tent at the yes. festival, yeah. and that guy comes in who's yeah. like a, attractive but a total jerk, right? Yeah. Yep. You know, and Anne's struggling with relationships at that time, mm-hmm. and she just doesn't know what to do. Like you go, you know, make out with that guy before I do. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adam Scott played Ben Wyatt. He's in Step Brothers, Friends with Kids, and Torque. Uh, he loved the episode Media Blitz, where the show explores Ben's past as a boy mayor. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one, but he's they're so mean. Ben is a nerd. A completely believable nerd. Yeah. That loves Game of Thrones, that's super into, like, board games, and... Yeah. And I think, like, the episode where Leslie gets him the Iron Throne for their anniversary, and <laughs> he just... He needs a moment alone with it so he yeah. can pretend like he's in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. He creates the Cones of Dunshire, which is which is a board game that everyone thinks is stupid, but then yes. takes off and becomes incredibly popular. Uh, yes. <laughs> when they brought Adam Scott onto the show and he won the role of Leslie's love interest, they um <laughs> she was pregnant at the time. Yes. And she said he did such a good job of flirting with her because she was grumpy yeah, and just was not happy at all. And she said he always had fresh breath for all their kissing scenes. Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's really sweet. Yeah, yeah. Media Blitz is also one of my favorite episodes. We showed that to Adam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ben Wyatt, Human Disaster. My favorite favorite jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Rob Lowe, literally, as Chris Traeger. He was literally in oh. St. Elmo's Fire, The Outsiders, Tommy Boy, and Wayne's World. Nice. Rob had just bought into the Miramax library when meeting with Michael Shore for the first time. When Shore asked him how he came about doing something like that, Rob began his story with Chris Traeger's now well-known catchphrase of literally. Yeah, I literally... <laughs> Was on a yacht, yeah. and she, I watched him do a dedication after he rapped on the show, and his character yeah. left the show, and he's giving this speech, and I, it really Chris and Rob Lowe, not really <laughs> sure, like it's a very blurred line there. Yes. It, how much of him is is Rob Lowe? Uh-huh. Yeah, and yeah, I guess you know. You know, when there are scenes where he's doing his like chin ups and all this stuff, yeah. and he's all he's doing all that himself. He's that healthy. Wow. He's really, yeah. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> Paul Schneider played Mark Brandanowitz. 
He's in Lars and the Real Girl, Chance, and American Murderer. Paul Schneider left the show after the second season, opening the door for the Ben and Chris characters. He later said he left because of creative differences. It was mostly because the show shifted its emotional focus after the first season, which worked for the other characters but didn't seem to work so well for Mark. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, so basically, the first season is a lot more like The Office, mm-hmm. and it's a little harsher emotionally. It's a little more yeah. like, it's got a little sharper edge to mm-hmm. it. And Mark's character is more like that. He, his character belongs in The Office yeah. more than Parks and Rec. Yeah. And so when they made that change with Leslie and they changed her character and the way people react to her, right. yeah. you know, the whole arc with Mark and the, his whole thing really didn't seem to fit in the show anymore. And so mm-hmm. he was kind of being sidelined a little bit. Yeah. And so the actor was like, I'm just going to leave the show. Mm-hmm. And it opened the door for Ben and Chris, which really what? opened this show wide yes. open. I mean, this really <laughs> made, I mean, improved the show immensely. Big time. Yeah. So he made the best decision for the show. Yeah. Jay Jackson was purred happily. He's been in Fast Five, Battleship, and Scandal. Purred happily always over-explains in the best way possible. (laughs) Then we have Ben Schwartz as Jean-Ralphio. He's been in Space Force, Sonic the Hedgehog, and also the new DuckTales. Oh, this character, man. When Ben Schwartz auditioned, he originally tried for the character Dave, a cop that Leslie has a relationship with. Because he felt too young to play that character, Louis C.K. won the role instead. Michael Shore liked Schwartz so much, though, that he wrote another character for him to play, Jean Ralphio. (laughs) The character was meant to only have a couple lines, but was received so well, he went on to appear in 21 episodes of the show. Wow, my goodness. Yes. Tommy T, you just missed the craziest of crazies. Clubs, girls, dancing, naked, mom, argument, police, fleeing the seed, hiding in a dumpster, coming here, crashing on your couch for a week because technically I'm homeless. Hey, mustache. I'm going to hit the couch. You know where I be. John Ralphio is <laughs> one of the best things to come out of this show. Yes. He is, I love it, a universally hated character. <laughs> That never has any kind of change. Yeah. Yep. He shows up to just really just, he just brightens up a scene. Yeah. Every time he comes in. <laughs> I thought it was really funny when they were coming up with the with the media company, 720 yeah. or whatever. <laughs> he gets, he comes in all this money from insurance, like, yeah. thing. And Tom is just spitting ideas at him. And he's like, yes, yes, let's do it. Yes. Just I even like it's it. the most Tell ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, dude, this is terrible. Stop. <laughs> also, I have to do this with you. You have to be a part of yeah. this. And Tom's like, I can't. He's like, that's okay. I can, I know. I'll I do it without I'll you. I'll do it without you. Yeah. <laughs> and then the yeah. perfect person plays his sister. Jenny Slate plays Mona Lisa. Oh, yeah. She's been in Obvious Child, Zootopia, Gifted, and Bob's Burgers. Oh, I love I love the scene where they're at their own funeral mm-hmm. and they're hiding. Oh, my gosh. And they're like, don't be suspicious. Don't yes. No way. Oh, That's yes. from this show? Yes. I've yeah. heard that before, but I didn't know it was from this. You have to watch that episode. That's great. Now. Yeah. But it's so funny. They're so funny. And I love that their dad is Henry Winkler. Yes. Henry Winkler plays their father. Money, please. Yes, money, please. <laughs> <sighs> then we have Billy Eichner as Craig Middlebrooks. He has done Billy on the Street, 
the Angry Birds movie and Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising. He's great. He does. He, he kind of reminds me of Crazy Steve. Yeah. From Drake okay. and Josh. Oh, yeah. Josh, yeah. He comes in and he kind of just yells all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's perfect. They, they add him in pretty late in the show. Yeah. So also there was Harris Whittles. Uh, he played Harris. I don't know if you guys remember the when he's one of the stoned animal control guys. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Michael Schur's time on The Office and SNL inspired him to bring writers into the show as actors, a popular practice for both the aforementioned shows. Many of the park's writers appeared in the show, sometimes as recurring characters. Writer Harris Whittles appeared frequently as a stoned animal control worker. <laughs> as co-executive producer, Whittles wrote 12 episodes of the show, making a profound impact on its success. You'll watch any commentary and they'll say, that's a Harris joke, that's a Harris joke, that's a Harris joke. Wow, nice. Yeah, they, I mean, he was a huge part of this show. Dang. Whittles was an incredibly gifted comedian that started writing for shows in his early 20s. In January of 2015, Whittles passed away suddenly at the age of 30. In the final frame of the Parks and Rec finale, it showed the words, we love you, Harris. Yeah, it was really, it was really That's sad. So, so yeah, young. it's too bad. Yeah, oh, he died of an apparent accidental drug overdose. Oh. Yeah, so, and he was really good friends with Aziz Ansari, and they yeah. actually, he, they were going to move in together yeah. after the show wrapped and stuff. Oh, and, man. Oh. Yeah. When the show was on the air for the first year in 2009, the Parks and Recreation publication had an article about how those who worked in the field felt about the mockumentary. While there were varying thoughts, many agreed that it was humorous. Jim Dumont from Walla Walla, Washington said, As a politician once said, I don't care what you report as long as you spell my name correctly. It sort of holds true here. It does give our profession exposure. I'm not really sure if it helps us or hurts us, but I am not really concerned about it because it is a sitcom, and I hope those who watch it understand that even though some of the stuff we deal with is pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) In June 2015, it was actually People Magazine's number three pick for what to see, hear, read, or download for the week. Hey, that's pretty good. That's crazy, too, because that would have been the final episode of the show. Yeah. The show was nominated for several Emmys, but never won. It was also nominated for three times for the Golden Globes and also never won. Amy Poehler did win a Golden Globe for her performance as Leslie Nope. Thank God. Yay, she thank got one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man. The 2020 reunion special aired last March and was a welcome relief during the ongoing pandemic. Yeah. They put together a reunion special where everybody's kind of like on Zoom. It's like a big Zoom call. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of catch up with all the characters. And it was really well done. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm. I cried a lot watching it. This show always makes me cry. Yeah. So I love it because it was just like we were deep in the pandemic at that point. People were like home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were stuck. We didn't know how long things were going to happen. And it was it was a pretty tough time. Mm -hmm. The commercials were unbearable. I hadn't watched like TV in so long. Yeah. And so like the the episode would go to commercial (laughs) and all the commercials were like. In this unprecedented time, hold your loved ones close and buy a Honda. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much like the whole <laughs> Even though you can't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll look great in your driveway. <laughs> 
So during the show, there were a lot of different running gags, jokes, things like that. So we're just going to mention a few here. Mm. We have Treat Yourself. <laughs> that was one of Aziz Ansari's favorite bits on the show, apparently. Yeah. Which I totally understand why. Yes. <laughs> Clothes. Treat yourself. Fragrances. Treat yourself. Massages. Treat yourself. Mimosas. Treat yourself. Fine leather goods. Treat yourself. It's the best day of the year. The best day of the year. People people come and go, but things, things are forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> There's also a lot of awkward run-ins with Councilman Hauser. Yeah, I love this oh, too. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> Councilman Hauser never addresses her for how odd her behavior yeah. is. Yeah. But he always happens to come around the corner when she's getting a piggyback ride. Uh, yes. Or they're doing something, a race in the hallway. Yeah, or yeah. Just, uh, Of course, we mentioned earlier Jerry's name change. Right. Several times. Yes. Yeah. And then there's Tom's crazy ideas for businesses. <laughs> they're <laughs> so many times so he does. over the top, too. <laughs> Then we have Leslie's amazing compliments towards her best friend, Anne. Oh, Anne, you beautiful tropical fish. (laughs) 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 And then a lot of them also seem to deal with food, such as Leslie's waffle obsession. Yeah. And then Ron's need for breakfast foods. I (laughs) One of the early episodes... He, he was talking about how he likes tall brunette women and yeah. breakfast in bed. And he's got this picture <laughs> in his office of a woman holding a plate of breakfast. Right? <laughs> and it's very funny. But then he ends up like he I think he deals with his ex-wife yes, in that Tammy. episode. Yeah. And like so he takes that picture down and puts up a picture of just the just breakfast. breakfast. Yeah. It's a plate of eggs and bacon. And I'm like, my man. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, friends waffles work or waffles friends work. Mm-hmm. Doesn't yes. matter. Work is third. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so now we we did ask on Twitter for you guys to give us some of your favorite episodes. So here we're gonna go and talk about some of them. Some of them are already our favorite episodes too. So it works out. We're gonna talk about the pilot first. Yeah. Yeah. So no one suggested this episode, but I I thought we should talk about true. I do like the pilot a lot, mm-hmm. especially after go- getting through the first season and loving the rest of the show, and I went back and watched yeah. it. I think it's underrated, honestly. It's a yeah. good episode. Yeah, I really do like the introduction of each character that's mm-hmm. in the pilot, and it is, you can definitely see how things were a little rough in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and I But I do like that Leslie immediately is a very determined person. Yeah. 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 And I do like the moment she meets Anne. It's just like kind of like this little magical thing. Yeah. Because they're they don't they're not just acquaintances. They are best friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they are. Like for yep. the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. And Anne puts up with a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. But Anne really goes through this great metamorphosis throughout the show, and I just I I love it. It's cool to like look back and see the beginnings of everything. Yeah. 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 And it's it's great that it was all kind of coincidence, right? Yeah. Because of the pit, and she happened to go to that meeting where she could ask questions yeah. about it and stuff. And then Leslie falls into that pit and has to stay <laughs> on her couch for a minute. Like, like Meets all- Andy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's all an accident, but then it creates so much. Yes. Yeah. And they did this great job of showing the town, the kind of complaints people have, which is yeah. a really great running thing throughout the show. Oh, yeah. 
Next, we have uh, Ron and Tammy, which I believe is what I was yes. just talking Referring about with the breakfast. Yeah. Yes, Ron and Tammy. Yeah. So this is actually Nick Offerman's favorite episode of the show, or was it was his most memorable nice. yeah. episode of the show, because he, he liked doing that ridiculous, very animalistic, sexual stuff with yeah. his wife. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Megan Mullally plays Tammy too. Yeah. His ex-wife in the show and his, his wife in real life. <laughs> and I, I don't even know. I think people <laughs> on Twitter, people said anything with Ron, Ron and the Tammies was their yeah. favorite yeah, yeah. bits of the show. My favorite thing, it didn't just happen here, but in all of them, whenever it comes up, is they'll just be doing whatever and he just stands up. She's here. <laughs> yes. You can just tell. She's, she's got this energy. You can yeah. just feel it like you a force. You can feel the change in yeah. energy. And, uh, there's an episode where Leslie thinks she can take on Tammy, too. And yeah. She yes. cannot. <laughs> yeah. Because she works at the library, right? Yes. And they hate yeah. the library. They hate the library. There's this r- bitter rivalry between them and the library, which I think is funny. And of yeah. course, like, oh, Ron's shit, mother. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and Ron's mother Tammy also <laughs> yeah. very scary. The next one we have here is Valentine's Day. Yeah, this is a staple of the show. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually didn't realize until you told me to watch this one. I'd heard the term Valentine's Day plenty mm-hmm. of times, mm-hmm. but oh shoot, yeah, there it is. This is the part. This is one of those things from the show that made a lasting cultural impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People celebrate Valentine's Day now yeah. because it's such a great idea. It really mm-hmm. is. It's so nice. You know, you just get together with your friends, you support each other, you love yep. each other. Right. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's one of the good episodes with Leslie's mom because oh, her mom right, does right. not appear very much throughout the show. Marlene Griggs, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> even where they introduce her. It's it's kind of like awkward yeah. and uh-huh. weird, and you're like, I don't know if I like her that much. She's not a very loving and doting mother. No. Uh-huh. And Leslie being the kind of person who craves that kind of love, yeah, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. a little hard to watch in the early episodes mm-hmm. of the show. But their relationship definitely improves. Improves. Yeah, and, and I believe this is the episode where they go to find like yes. this long lost fling she had. Yep. Yeah. And then it turns out that that guy's totally yes. <laughs> the next one on our list here is the telethon episode. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> this is an episode that reminded me of me for sure. <laughs> Watching Leslie how kind of face this battle of I can't not be there for this i put mm-hmm. this together mm-hmm. and i need to see it through and i don't want to miss a thing yeah i totally relate to that i 1000 yeah. percent understand what's going on yep. with leslie in this episode it makes a lot of sense to me <laughs> i really get it she's like i don't want to fall asleep because i want to be there for that mm-hmm. yeah it's true <laughs> yeah I, I get yeah yeah <laughs> and then meanwhile ron is purposefully sleeping yeah <laughs> to to avoid it yes and then i i thought it was so funny how they were getting this basketball player debt left shrimp yeah yeah to, to be on the on the on tv for the telethon <laughs> yeah and they, they gave the responsibility of tom <laughs> to bring him are you kidding me yeah. i had no there was i was not surprised at all that tom took him to a bar <laughs> because then Tom would look like the cool one. He's yeah. using this yeah. guy's popularity to like 
bounce off. And even at, to the point where he's drunk, he's like, oh, I think we're having a real connection. Like, we could be, like, friends forever, right? <laughs> even though it's like, no. No. <laughs> need to get to the freaking <laughs> studio already. And I love that Detlef is, like, a recurring character in the show. Yeah. Like, yeah. He comes back from time to time. And the telethon is very much, I would say, it's, like, very much the last episode of the old show. Before the show, yeah. like, emerged from its oh, chrysalis and yeah. became a butterfly. Yeah, because that's kind of the end of Mark, it's essentially. It's the end of Mark, yeah. She she makes the decision and, like, oh, okay, that's right. I'm they kinda break up officially. done. That's right. Yep. Yeah, she breaks it with Mark, and also uh, Ben and Chris appear in the next episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, so it is, it's, like, it's kind of like the end of the, of the old show. Mm-hmm. But it's still very funny. Oh, yeah. Which I believe is the next one on here, The Master Plan. My favorite. I think this is my favorite episode. This yeah. one is very good. Yeah. I, that's yes. so funny. The giant book called The Master Plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love The Master Plan episode because every character has their own master plan. Right. April's master plan is to get Andy to date her, right? You know, they have this intense chemistry. They're really yeah. good. Yeah. Where, yeah, you're watching it and it's so obvious to the audience that they want to be with each other, mm-hmm. but they're, it's somehow not obvious to the to other them. person mm-hmm. and then so you've got that whole storyline going on so you've got some great jean ralphio moments and then of course leslie and ben meet each other in this mm-hmm. episode and i love leslie and ben <laughs> yeah i love how mean she is to him starting out yes <laughs> it's like you're here to fire all my friends <laughs> just get out of here because this is a party with my friends and you're trying to fire all my friends I... plus i just talked to everybody in this bar and nobody wants you here that must have taken a while. Yeah, it did. Next here we have flu season. <sighs> oh, such a great Which episode. we talked a little bit about. Okay, so in this book that I found of greatest episodes of TV of all time, this episode was listed. This was the one from Parks and Rec they chose. And they said this episode is perfect because it showcases each character. Mm-hmm. Has great improvisation. Obviously, Andy imp- improvises. Yep. Yes. In this, and then Adam Scott referred to that as, I think, the greatest line in comedy ever. <laughs> <laughs> and so they've got a lot of great improvisation. Each person got to kind of show off their comedy chops in this episode. Everyone mm-hmm. is sick from the flu. Right. Yeah. And it's also such an important Ben and Leslie moment. This is when this is when Ben. Yeah. It's so cool. Their actors are really good. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Because this is the you rarely see it. You know, it's rarely like a definitive moment. This is the moment Ben falls in love with Leslie. Like yeah. you see it on yeah. screen, yep. Yep. you watch it happen. It's you know, there, there's chemistry obviously before. Uh-huh. Yeah, but this is the moment that he's like, "Oh shit!" Where she's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what I mean. Like yeah. he's like, I can't deny it. <laughs> and at the end, when Leslie, because it's such a great moment, because you think she's gonna blow it. Yeah. 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 She has to give this big speech. Mm-hmm. She's out of her mind yeah, on she, meds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's taking way too many meds. Yeah, their jobs are on the line. If the parks, if they don't pull off Harvest Fest, and they're yeah. all going to lose their jobs. And she steps up, and you think it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. And you're ready, right? You're ready yep. for it to be so bad. <laughs> and it's perfect. She yeah. nails it. They throw a total curveball. Yeah. And then Ben, of course, is like, that's Leslie Nope. And yeah. it's just perfect. Yeah. That was amazing. That was a flu-ridden Michael Jordan at the 97 NBA Finals. That was Kirk Gibson hobbling up to the plate and hitting a homer off of Dennis Eckersley. That was... That was Leslie Nope. And I love how right after the speech, she goes to sit down and it's like, 
something like, oh, is the room spinning? Or like, <laughs> you know, she's totally still out of yes. her mind. Yeah, like, why is but the floor was... on the ceiling? Yeah. yeah. That's... Uh, next, speaking of the Harvest Fest, we were yeah. talking about that episode yeah. now. I think I just wanted to mention this one because it's such a satisfying episode. <laughs> it really is. I like this one a lot. Yeah, this is a good one because it, you see them achieve something yeah. and you feel the accomplishment with them. And you've also got just this whole great, great group of, you know, news reporters. You've got yeah. Joan Calamezzo coming yeah. in there, <laughs> causing all kinds of problems. Yeah. Got little Sebastian. Looking. Yes, this is, yes, this is, <laughs> little Sebastian appears for this episode. Uh, it's really funny and I love it, but I it annoys me yeah. that that reporter comes in looking for things that are wrong specifically <laughs> yeah. and not even being like you know, shy about it or right. anything. They're like, no. yeah, I was hoping something was wrong so yeah. that I could report it. And yeah. they have this great character who is, le- he's the, yeah, he's the leader of the Wamapo for the local chapter at least. Mm-hmm. And he comes in and he's asking Leslie like, please, you know, let's not be disrespectful to my people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one of my favorite moments of this um, episode is when they're all stuck on the Ferris wheel. Yeah. Uh... And they're fighting. <laughs> Tom and Jerry are fighting because Tom is blaming Jerry for losing little Sebastian. Uh-huh. Yep. And Andy and April are fighting because April said, I love you, and Andy didn't say it back. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. But then Ron is just like, I've had enough. And then he just <laughs> fixes it. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. It's like, Tom, it was definitely your fault that little Sebastian got out. <laughs> April, he does love you. And Andy, you need to say it. You're an idiot. Or like, yeah. you know, paraphrasing, obviously. But yeah. that, I loved that moment. Yeah. It is funny. It shows you how Ron really can kind of has a handle on it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Next here, we have April and Andy's fancy party. Yeah. When this came out, this was such a surprise episode. Yeah. Like, oh, it yeah. was you did not expect this to happen. Mm-hmm. Where they're just like, you know, hey, come on over for our fancy party. Hey, we're getting married right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, surprise. Yeah, this is a great April Leslie episode. Yeah. You see their relationship really bloom here. And they have these sweet this great moment too with Tom Haverford wanting to be the best man, brings in Jean yeah. Ralphio for <laughs> best man speech advice. Yeah. We've got a great Harris Whittles appearance here, you know, with the two animal control guys show up. Yeah. And I mean, this is a great episode all around. Yeah. And, and I love that Andy asks like all of the guys to be his best man. Best man. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's just the kind of person Andy, Andy is. is. Yeah. 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 And I love that it works out. I yeah. love that yeah. they made this decision to get married and they didn't do this thing where it was like, oh, this was a big mistake. Oh, yeah. no. It worked out. <laughs> yeah. They were happy. They never <laughs> yeah. had any problems. No. They I, just joke about yeah. it. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't begin to tell you how little we thought about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how Leslie is the only person who wants to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Their parents don't want to stop it. Uh-huh. They're every, everybody's on board. Leslie's the only person that's afraid. She wants them to stay together, so I need them to break up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or stop the wedding. At yeah, least. so I need to stop this wedding. <laughs> but yeah, and then at the end, she like you can see it in her in her eyes that when the wedding's happening, it's like, well, all right. You can yeah. tell that it's real here. Yeah. Yeah. This is also when Ben decides to stay. Yeah. Ah, that's right. That's right. Yes. The next one here is The Fight. I think this is a lot of people's favorite episodes, and I believe Adam's sister suggested this one. Oh. Yes. Shout out. Yeah. So 
The fight is the episode with snake juice. Mm-hmm. Aha. Okay. <laughs> this, yeah. yeah, this is the episode where everyone goes to the snake hole lounge and, and tries Tom's new beverage, <laughs> snake juice, made with various alcohols <laughs> and caffeine. Yep. And everybody loves it. It's super delicious, but it is w- like dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so like a deadly alcohol. snake. Yes. And they, they all drink it. Leslie and Anne have this huge fight in the bar. Mm-hmm. Because Leslie wants Anne to take a job at City Hall, mm-hmm. and Anne does not necessarily want this job, and they have this knockout fight. I mean, really, yeah. just yelling at each other. It is a great depiction, a real world depiction of an actual fight when uh-huh. people yeah. are drunk. Uh-huh. Yep. You yell, you yell, you yell. You kind of calm down for a little bit. You yell, and then you, you yell, yell, you yell. You kind of calm down for a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's that's kind of fights are actually awkward in real life. Yeah. They're not this clean thing that just mm-hmm. happens. Huh. Yeah, and this is also the first appearance of Burt Macklin. Yeah. And, FBI. Uh, yes, and Janet yeah. Snakehole. I'm Janet Snakehole. I'm a very rich widow with a terrible secret. Who are you? Burt Macklin, FBI. I was the best damn agent they had until I was framed for a crime I didn't commit. Stealing the president's rubies. So yeah, I think a lot of people really like this one. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of good little moments. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it definitely shows that real emotion and real, real friendship <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Yes, near the end there, they're yeah. all vomiting because they're yeah. so sick. So yeah, sick. And I did appreciate how quickly they were able to like make up after a fight like that. Yeah, because yeah. they're like, yeah, we were drunk. Yeah, we'll we were both being stupid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they both felt bad about it, and Ben kind of steps in and helps fix it. Yes. Yeah. Next here is the comeback kid. Okay. All right. So this is the episode. And I don't know if you guys remember, but this is the episode with the ice rink and the red carpet and the most wonderful, beautiful, hideous disaster train wreck. And I I love this episode so much because it it builds and builds and builds to that scene. You have all of these things going wrong the entire time at Leslie's still stepping in, fixing stuff, you know, and actually kind of comes through with getting the guy that they need to endorse her for the campaign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But each little thing is like falling apart. <laughs> but there's this great moment right before they go out where Leslie's like, you guys can leave. You know, like, I got this now. Go to the bar. Mm-hmm. I'll deal with this train wreck myself. And Anne's like, no, nobody <laughs> leaves. You all made this mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we are all going to be here with you, Leslie. Mm-hmm. And so it's this nice moment, and then they yeah. march out onto the ice, and the red carpet does not last long enough, <sighs> and they have to they walk on ice <laughs> to struggle their way <laughs> with a three-legged dog with the same few seconds of a song <laughs> playing over and over again. It's so hard for me to watch. It's so hard, but it's so funny because uh, it's like I know everything. You know yeah. everything's gonna be fine. Yeah. Yeah. She gets up, she stands, and up, she does it, good. and the people in the audience laugh. <laughs> oh my god! I would have been like, you know what? You can make a lot out of a little. Yeah, so you know what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. this is a pretty good metaphor for government in general. Yeah, what's <laughs> going on right here? Yeah. And next here is Halloween surprise. Yeah, this is the episode with Ben's proposal. Yeah. And Amy Poehler said that Michael Schur actually wrote that scene in his hotel room, and they never changed it. Like, the first Aww. draft is what they did. Oh, wow. wow. That's cool. In the show, yeah. And so it, it's 
this is one of her favorite moments of the whole show, too, was this really beautiful proposal, which was a great surprise. Honestly, if you were watching Mm -hmm. it for the first time, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't know what's going to happen. They kind of tease you and make you think (laughs) that Ben's going to take this other job. Right, right. And Leslie's in this big empty house by herself. She has to, you know. Yeah, she was about to lease. lease. For yeah. them both to live in. Yeah. 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 And so she knows that since he's not coming back, they're going to have to give up the house. And she's kind of sadly walking around. And then Ben comes around the corner. Mm-hmm. And I remember like seeing him come around the corner for the first time. You're like, oh, you're, you're like, oh, I think I know what's about to happen. Right. Yeah. But like, it's just this really great <laughs> surprise moment where she's just yeah. like, oh my gosh, what are you doing here? And then he just, you know, he just proposes. It's really yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. I. I thought it was very nice, but at the same time, having <laughs> being somebody who had to do that, <laughs> I felt a little bit bad for him because she was like, wait, stop. <laughs> I have to look around and remember every detail. Everything. Yes. Yeah. And it's very sweet because she's like, I want to remember every moment of how perfect her my life is in this moment. And yeah. that's very sweet. Yeah. But at the same time, he's already down on this and he's like, uh, I have okay. a line to say that I've been working on for days. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Because that's what it was like for me. And it's just like, you know. Yeah. I, I, part of me feels it for yeah. him. But at the same time, it is very nice. Mm-hmm. It's so cool to see good things happen to Leslie. Yeah. She's such a yeah. good person. She works so hard. And I love that Ben comes through for her all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it that's that surprise is really, really nice. It's very sweet. It's also the episode where Jerry has a fart attack, which I think uh, yeah. I think led to one of they they said her one of her biggest breakdowns on set. She just couldn't stop laughing <laughs> uh, because he played the scene so straight, like he was really having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, but he's just all this farting, farting. just fart yeah. after fart after fart, and just. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Where Tom just tries to get people to call it a fart attack. Yeah, yeah. it's like I just want to hear him say Jerry had a fart attack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking for much. Yeah. So we didn't mention any episodes from season seven. Season seven's a little bit different from the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Format's slightly different. They did a time jump. Leslie mm-hmm. and Ben have kids. Mm-hmm. We kind of see their lives as they progress later on. Yeah. And I just want to say. The final episode aired while we were in school, and I was about to go to my final class. They it came up out on Hulu. Oh, and so wow. I went over to Sarah's. We watched, we watched the final episode, mm. Parks and Recreation, like Aww. ever. Mm-hmm. And then we went to our last class together. Aww. It was like everything. Yikes, so yeah, the timing wow. was insane. It was yeah. the show ended when like that time in our lives was ending, and that's why it's so special to mm-hmm. us. It's just like this very. Mm-hmm. you know visceral reminder of a very specific time yeah right. in our lives it's so cool i love the show so much mm-hmm. so as i mentioned before we did ask the people our friends on twitter yes to, yeah. to give us some suggestions so we want to make some uh, some call outs to the people who responded to us obviously our friend jd responded to us <laughs> hi jd Thanks. hello hi, JD. and he said the telethon come back kid halloween surprise Leslie and Ben <laughs> fight. Also, anything with Burt Macklin and anything with little Sebastian. Yeah, we got a lot of suggestions, and we're really, really happy we did. It was yeah. really cool to hear yeah. from you guys. Yeah. yeah. And then we have Jacob. My husband. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Shout out to Dem Chops. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have those anymore. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. that's right. He needs to bring them back. 
He said, Ben is by far my favorite character, but Jean Ralphio absolutely steals the show whenever he's on. He sure does. Yes. He really is the worst. <laughs> 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 that Ralph Macchio guy's a total douche. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got the uh, Tales of Aspiron podcast that also responded, and they said the office wedding yeah, episode. Yeah, which we didn't get to talk about, really, no. but... Leslie and Ben get married in the office after their huge gala. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they decided to so just sweet. get married tonight yes. instead of three months from now. It's a yeah. popular thing to do on this show. You just yeah. decide to get married. <laughs> yep. That's maybe, true. Maybe they, it rubbed off on them a little I bit. Love yeah. I love that. You, they, it makes me cry every time. Mm-hmm. Her friends love her so much. Oh, yeah. We've also got Assassin Lupus 7 said, I'm sorry, but this whole thing just made me laugh so freaking hard. And he had a, a gif of flu season attached. Uh, so then 30 Nerdy and Thriving podcast said the get on your feet episode on the ice rink <laughs> <laughs> and when Ben and Leslie get engaged. And the one where Jerry has a fart attack. Yep. Yes. Well. We, we just we did. We just talked those about ones. those. These yes. are all great. Those were all suggestions from you. So thank yes. you so much. <laughs> and then we've got Hales, which is my little sister shout out again. She said, episodes, episode 13, season three, The Fight. All the characters get drunk off snake juice, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Hell yeah, it is. What is in snake juice? <laughs> I can't imagine. Doesn't he say how much alcohol? It's a lot of it's alcohol. It's a lot. And then the Sewing Circle podcast said, every time I have a hangover, I watch The Fight. Nice. Yeah. Also, Sewing one. Circle podcast. I'll have to be yeah. checking that out a little bit later. Hey. Uh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Do they sew? Hmm. Next is Defining Disney Podcast. They said, both Ron and Tammy episodes are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, Valentine's Day, Harvest Festival, Andy and April's Fancy Party are also great. The episode was the reason I started watching the show. Yes, the Valentine's Day episode. Yes, yeah. Valentine's Day is a great episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Women supporting women. Yes. Then here is, I, I understood that reference. God, I love this show. As for favorite episodes, anything anything with you know who, the guy who is the worst. Yes. <laughs> then we've got the Manic Pixie Weirdo podcast. Awesome name. Sounds That's like a great cool. yeah. time. They said, words to live by, really. Andy's saying, I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> but I know I'm doing it really, really well. Yes. <laughs> Then there's 20 TI minutes when they posted a gif of the get on your feet bitch. Yes. And the horrible moments on the ice. Oh, I yeah. love that. So I think that's like one of the funniest like minute and a half, like the whole show. Yeah. And finally, Mad Dog Strong Style posted a gif of Ron dancing. Yeah. Yes. That's the sn- from the Snake Juice, the fight episode. Yes, we love yeah. that very yes. much. Yes. So thank you, everybody, for responding to our yeah. our question on Twitter. We appreciate it. Really, thank you so much. It's so cool to hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. We love that. Most of them are podcasts, which means we're doing something right, right? Yeah. Hey. Parks and Recreation is a comedic masterpiece. It holds one of the greatest ensemble casts American television has ever seen. It's incredible that all of this talent somehow met together at the exact right time to make this show. It's a perfect blend of heartwarming and hilarious, as comedic storylines always pause at the exact right moment to let the characters be almost real people. It's a show about friendship, love, service, and respect. 
Leslie Nope is powerful. She inspires the other characters and the people watching. She's a goddess, a glorious female warrior, and she makes us all feel like we could do anything if we just make enough binders. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I'm Robin Hap, Lee, <laughs> and the thing about this case is that it's closed. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! All right. We did it. <laughs> Before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons, Joel, John, Jacob, Jacqueline, JD, Anthony, Shelley, and Linda. Whoa. Thank wow. you guys so thank much. You. We really appreciate you. Yeah. 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 And we didn't even mention the episode 94 meetings, which is kind yes. of oh, that's right. Oh kind gosh. of what we're referencing by releasing this on March 31st. That's yeah. true. Yeah. There you go. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate you. You can find our website, blackcasediaries.com. It's that easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you can, or from there, you can find Patreon and our other show, No Small Parts. Yes. Yeah. Which is an audio drama. It's only a few minutes long each episode. It's got music and narration. Yeah. and It's it's very little commitment. Seriously, yeah. it really is. But well worth it. Yeah. Yes. And we've linked that on our website. You can subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's called BCD Presents No Small Parts. I believe if you search No Small Parts, it should also come up. Yep. And Yeah. Thank you so much. We're on episode four of that, and it's great. Yes, we just released episode four this past week, and we will be releasing episode five at the end of April. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, see you later. Bye-bye. We need to remember what's important in life. Friends, waffles, and work. Or waffles, friends, work. Doesn't matter. But work is third.